0: Uh, good evening, and I'm Scott, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery from sex addiction and compulsive overeating. Hey, all I know, bunko, No, guys a lot, you know why? Because I throw elbows when I'm going for those things, man, give me that, get out of my way, it'll be awesome. Hey, it's okay, it's Okay. When you, guys, when you guys practice enough, you can let us guys come in and we'll show you how to really play. It'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. We can throw the dice with the best of them. But uh, if you're a gambler, sorry, you may not need to pick another night to show up for our fe- festivities, but uh, we do love you. But uh, hey, we just had Christmas. How about that, huh? Yeah. yeah. Some of you are like, yes. Others are like, it was as heck. <laughs> It was tough for some of us. Some of us, our families, this may have been your first time being around your family at Christmas sober. I know, and that's tough. It's rough. Tonight, we're gonna be talking about give, and uh, we just got out of the season where it's all about gifts. I mean, you spend months shopping for the perfect gift, and if you wait like me to the last minute, Amazon don't deliver on time, that's all I know. I shop from my chair at my house or on my couch, it's awesome, but at some point I had to go to the grocery store or the, a store, I hopefully wasn't buying a gift at the grocery store, but I had to go to a store and get a gift from my wife. It was crazy, everything was picked clean, it was awesome. I did see somebody from here uh, when I was getting the stocking stuffers, it was awesome and I was lost. I was like, what in the world do I get? Oh, check, she's all, go to this store. She didn't even help me, man. (sighs) Help me out. Um, But anyhow, hey, tonight we're gonna talk about this topic, give step 12. Um, We just had a training session on areas that you can give back, where can you give, all this kind of stuff. I know this is step 12, but really, if you're here for the first time, this applies to you. You need to be giving back. Uh, when, When I do the first time guest group, Every time I said, you want to keep coming back, you find a place to serve. You start serving on the food team, you sign up in the coffee team, you're a barista, get up in there and start making us some lattes, it's awesome, right? Give me the six-shot latte, that's what I want, right? They're like, Scott, you don't need six shots, it'll be crazy. Um, But anyhow, we need greeters, we need all kinds of people, we just started our Phineas team which is awesome, it's our security team, is gonna be great, can't wait to get that launched. Um, we got a lot of stuff that needs to happen around here, and if you wanna keep coming back, make sure that somebody's depending upon you to show up to do stuff, and you'll be here. You go to outside programs, one of the first things you do is you do coffee. You make coffee, you pour coffee, you clean up coffee, the sugar packs that go, they explode when you shake and, and rip them open, You got to clean that stuff up. It has to happen. But here's the thing. Here is the main theme tonight. You can't keep it unless you give it away. You got to be able to give it away. What you learn, if you keep it and you're stingy with it and you hold on to it, guess what? It's not going to help you. It's eventually going to leave you. You have to work hard at being able to give it away. And you got to give it away freely. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I wanted to talk first about some things that get me to a negative place. Things that get me to a bad place. And I've shared this multiple times in here. But tonight I'm going to share it again. And that's this is my poor belief system. Some of you are familiar with it. But the poor belief system starts with this. Is I am basically a bad and worthless person. That's what I believed growing up. There was something wrong with me. Now, your parents and my parents had to discipline us, right? I seemed like when, by the time, I was getting spanked on a daily basis. I was that kid. Always getting in trouble. I still remember getting spanked when I was in eighth grade. That was rough. That was rough for me to handle. But I inherently thought that there was something wrong with me at my core. I am bad and I am worthless. From the ways that my mom, I remember coming, uh, I was remembering I was hitting puberty, I was excited and I had hair on my chest and I was like, yeah, it's awesome. And she goes, you know why you have that hair on your chest, right? I go, no. I'm thinking, hey, it's because of the testosterone and I'm maturing. She goes, could you look at Porn. I went, oh, so I'm bad. I'm worthless. I remember sitting at the kitchen table as my mom pulled out a magazine, started flipping through it as my dad was cooking and him going, or my mom going, hey, what do you think about this girl? What do you think about this girl? What do you, you like this one? You like this one? The humiliation, the embarrassment, the, the point in my life where I did not know how to handle that. At my core, I felt I was worthless and bad. You may have had different stories, but maybe there's been times in your life where you've basically felt bad or worthless. The second thing that that leads me to in my belief is this, is no one would love me as I am. If you truly knew who I was, if you truly knew what I did, if you truly knew what I looked at, you wouldn't like me. Recountryment will say it. If you knew who I was and all my stuff, you wouldn't want me up here preaching to you. Guaranteed, that's rough. No one would love me as I am and so we feel rejection, abandonment. The rejection I faced when people would find out about my issues. I still remember when I was uh, in Alaska, I was a youth pastor up there and uh, I brought one of my good friends from college up to a conf- to speak at a conference for the youth group. I remember telling him and his wife, hey, this is what I struggle with. I struggle with pornography. And at the time, I really did not know how to handle that or share that in healthy ways. And I remember seeing his face and the rejection there. And at the time, we were having a conversation. We're gonna start a church, and we'll have you come out, and you can work for us. And as soon as that happened, he, he literally sat there and said, He's like, no, we can't have him come out and work for us now. The rejection, the hurt, the pain. And so since no one will ever love me, my needs will never get met if I have to depend upon others to meet those needs. So based upon all those things, I'm never gonna feel that comfort I want. I'm not gonna feel the relief from that hurt, that pain, that embarrassment. And so, therefore, I'm never gonna, and I'll never get nurtured like I thought that I, I wanted to. Somebody to take care of me. And so, what would I Cope. How did I cope with these things? I coped through looking at pornography because that was the only thing that was disposable for me. My parents didn't have alcohol in the home, my parents didn't have drugs in the home. I went to a Christian school. I didn't know how to get a hold of those things. Now, now I know how I could get a hold of those things at a Christian school because I've done enough counseling with kids. But then I didn't know. And so I looked at porn. And food was always accessible. Food was a love language. The neighborhood moms would always feed me food, and if I didn't eat their food, they'd feel rejected. They would make me special things. Christmas time, they would make me cinnamon rolls. And I remember walking in to the Lopez's uh, kitchen and they would be having all these things out, and the and the mom would come over and says, and would say, Scott, I made these just for you. <laughs> That was awesome. That's how I felt love and I started to eat. And I wouldn't just go home and eat one cinnamon roll. She said these. There was like a dozen. I'd give everyone in my family one and then the rest were mine in one sitting, right? Because they're good they're, and they're gooey. In the, oh, I got to stop talking about it. Um, right? But that's what I thought. Those were my greatest needs. And I, my belief was that I was Horrible. And so what did I have to do? I had to present a facade of what somebody would actually love. So when I started to date my wife, guess what I did? I presented a facade of who I was. And so what she fell in love with was a facade. She never fell in love with who I really was. That's probably the greatest hurt that's happened in our marriage is when she found out when my facade came crashing down and the covers had been pulled and she said, who are you? Because at my core, I felt I was worthless. But for some reason, my wife stayed around, and we have five wonderful kids, and it's awesome. So thank you for that. But yeah, but I had to, through recovery, start to change my belief system. It's through going through step studies, going through Open Share Group, going through my accountability partners, going through my sponsor. Those are the things that help me start to build a true belief system of who I am. The belief system that I am worthy. See, in the book of Psalms, this is what it says in Psalm 139. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. You may have never heard that before, but God formed you and made you. I remember my mom growing up and she told me that her parents, literally, I think she was nine years old when this happened. Her mom said, I never wanted you, Peggy. If I could have had an abortion, I would have had it. My mom had to grow up with that. You may have had a certain, a similar circumstance. But God knew what he was doing and he formed my mother. He made my mother and She was amazing, and I got my issues with her, but I worked through those in my recovery program, but she was amazing, and then God made me and formed me inside my mom. And God made you and knitted you together in your mother's womb, and he knows every single day. I had a friend call me at four o'clock today, and he goes, dude, something major happened in my life. I said, I'm on my (laughs) way, hung up the phone, Got in my car, headed to his house. He's all, dude, you got ministry tonight. Just pray for me. I go, no, I'm coming over. So I showed up. What happened in his life today, God knew what was gonna happen. And he let those things happen to come to a place. He knows those things. He loves us. And he helps walk us through those things. He helps us deal with those things in appropriate ways. But see, I had to realize that I am worthy and you are worthy. Whether you feel like it or not, you are worthy. And then I had to come to a place where I had to believe I'm loved. I had to believe that I'm loved. And in John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, it says this, we love because he first loved us. God loved you before you ever even thought of him he loved you. God loved you so much he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins before you even thought about him. Even though you're like, dude, I've been raised in the church my whole life. Yeah, God still loved you first. Before you sat in that Sunday school room, God loved you. Before you were in that nursery and that, that old lady was holding you in her arms and rocking you back and forth in that rocking chair in the nursery, God loved you. We are loved. You are loved. And if you keep coming back, you'll realize not only are you loved by God, but you will be loved by your forever family, which is sitting right here in this room. Yeah. My wife made a comment the other day there's more and more families that are connecting over the holidays with their forever families, getting together, the Christmases that are happening, the New Year's parties that are happening that are healthy because you're loved. You're loved. And when we're loved and we accept that, we will realize that our needs will get met if we allow them to be met. Matthew chapter six, verse 33 says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first God. And when we seek after God and his kingdom, all these other things that don't matter will be added to us. Now that doesn't mean we're gonna be all rich and famous and all that kind of stuff. No, that's not what that means. But God's gonna take care of your needs. That when I follow after God and I seek after him and I do things the right way and I have the one another's in my life, I'm gonna get what I didn't think I was gonna get and that was nurture or comfort. But I can get those through my friends. I can get those through my family. I can get those through my accountability partners. I can get those through my sponsor. They can come alongside me and listen to me. Because if you know me, most of the time I just blow steam and I just want somebody to hear me blow steam. And the people that are closest to me understand that and they let me vent and then I'm good. I'm like a tea kettle. (laughs) That's me. That's me. You just gotta let me vent and get that out and we're all good, man, we're all good. The fourth one is this, because I thought my greatest need was sex and food. I have to realize that my greatest need is not sex and food. It's not my greatest need. I don't need those things. I do need food to live, live. that that is true. But not as much as I want to, to eat it. But it says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We addicts have, are very, very tired of running around, covering our tracks, keeping our addiction going, keep going, keep going, keep going, hiding things, the secrets, all that run around life. We're exhausted from it. God says, take my yoke. It is easy and it is light. For those codependents, it is tiresome to try to control everybody around you, to stop the addict from using, to monitor everything, to make excuses for them, to do all those things for them. It's tiresome. God says, come to me. For my yoke is easy and the burden is light. OA 12 by 12 says this We now have a message of hope to carry to others. We who once suffered from complete powerlessness to control our behaviors and our lives have now discovered the saving strength of a power greater than ourselves. We have experienced the miracle of physical, emotional, and spiritual healing just as we promised that we, uh, when we began these steps. Some of you in this room have experienced the miracles in your life. I had one sponsee that I would tell, dude, don't quit till the miracle happens. Don't quit till the miracle happens. And he would come to me on a regular basis going, when's the miracle going to happen, dude? When's the miracle going to happen? Hello? And there was a moment in his life. He texted me and said, I just got off the phone with my dad. The miracle happened. And I was like, oh, that is awesome. Super, well, I sent it through text, but still, I was like, that's great. <laughs> don't quit till the miracle happens. And if you're here for the first time, hear the hope that comes with the fact there's a miracle that happens in your life. I don't know what that's going to be, but there is a miracle that will happen. There's many of us in, in this room that have already experienced those miracles. And I hope when they get into Open Share Group, they share those things, they share their experience, strength, and hope. Matthew chapter 10, verse eight says this, freely you have received, so freely give. You guys have been given so much. Give back. That's our job is to give back, to talk to others. AA Big Book, page 90 says this. If he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste time trying to persuade him. You may spoil a later opportunity. I share this because we do need to give back, and it is our job as addicts. If you're a sex addict, you need to be talking to other sex addicts. If you're an alcoholic, you need to be talking to other alcoholics. If you're a drug addict, you need to be talking to other drug addicts. If you're a codependent, you need to be talking to other codependent. If you're a food addict, you need to be talking to other food addicts. No, that does not mean go sit in the buffet and just talk to anybody that goes through, but (laughs) we do need to be talking to other people that are willing to hear and listen. I think this mainly applies with our family members that are close to us, that we want them to stop a certain behavior. And if we keep hounding them and hounding them and hounding them and hounding them, hounding them, them, guess what's gonna happen? Same thing that maybe have happened to some of your family. They shut down, wall up, done. They avoid us, they don't come near us because they don't wanna hear it. So if we keep hounding them and hounding them, we may lose an opportunity later to truly share the message. Now you gotta work your program, you gotta talk to your sponsor, your accountability partners how to handle those situations but you still need to be open and not waste an opportunity that could come back later and, and be beneficial for their life. They had to have to hit rock bottom first. We've been given a lot of things in life, now we need to give back and I already shared that and what do we share in group? Because that's one of the ways you're going, Scott, I don't know how to give back and the only thing I can do is get here. Awesome. Get here. When you go to open share a group, here's what you do. You share your experience, your strength, and your hope. That's how you give back. Now, those of you that are looking for the easy button, boop, I already give back. No, get in service too. But that is a great place to start. When you go to a group, here's how you share. You get a focus question, right? Experience, strength, and hope. I know there's nights that you have a burning desire to share something else, something else crazy happened, but generally, share your experience. What have you, what's going on? How did you used to handle things? Where, where do you find your strength? In Christ? In the 12 steps? In the brotherhood? and the sisterhood? Those that are walking alongside you? And where's your hope? Hope of what? Well, here we're finally getting to the acronym, 11 minutes left, so congratulations, that was a long intro, but I had to get through it. It's a short word, it's give, so it's only four letters, we'll get through this quick. So first one is this, God first. We gotta put God first. God's gotta be first. Now, I just went through my, I'm going through my step study and in that step study, they said there's a, in the fourth step, it's like, hey, list your priorities, right? And God's always on that list. Everyone's like, I always put God first. Whatever, you're an addict, you're sitting in here, you never put God first, you always put yourself first, man. <laughs> Let's be honest. But we got to put God first. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect. That we would do that. We would would start to transform our mind by putting God first. Don't think of yourself first. Put God first. I already read the seek first the kingdom of God, right? So we need to be putting him first. So ask yourself this, how are you putting God first in your life? Are you giving him the first fruits of your time? The morning isn't good. I am not fully awake until 10 a.m. Doesn't matter when I wake up, I am not fully awake till 10 a.m. Coffee, energy drinks. I may have energy and I may be excited, but my brain still ain't working till 10 a.m. That's just how I am. So when do I spend time? It'd be poor for me to give him that first time. So I do pray, I do start that time, but when do I start to invest into my relationship with God, spend time with him? What about the first fruits of our labor? Are we giving back him financially? You know, churches will refer to it as a tithe, But out of your love for God and your relationship with Him, are you giving back to your home church, to recovery, to wherever? And then the next one is this the I. I becomes we. You are not in this alone. So don't work in isolation. We are with you. We are with you. You know, I've mentioned this a lot, but I coach football and there's five linemen. And the game is won or lost with those five guys. Yes, you need to have the skilled positions too, but those five guys can win or lose a game. You got your two guards, your two tackles, and you got a center. Those are the positions. The ladies that don't know football or guys that don't know football, they're like, I don't know what you just talked about. <laughs> Tackle, is that a fishing equipment? Right? Um. But here's the thing, I becomes we. Those five guys have to work together. Those five guys individually are weak, but when they make a fist, oh man, they're strong. They can drive down the field, they can get a good pass protection, they can do what they need to do to accomplish and win the game. Same thing happens with with us. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine and 10 say this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. If you don't have brothers or sisters around you, so when you fall or when you're struggling that you can call, you're missing the boat. You're not in this alone. Find your brothers. Get a phone list when you go to group. If your group doesn't offer a phone list, ask for a phone list. Hey, can I get, can I get a phone list? Get a phone list. It's important and it's vital for our recovery. That's why when people go, hey, there's not a step study right now, can I go through the step study alone? No! It's not meant to be gone through alone. You need to get together with other men, other women, and you need to go through your steps together. It is the most beneficial to us. Most beneficial to you. The V is this victory shared. Are you sharing your victories? Are you telling people of the victories you have in your life? Are you talking to others and sharing those things? 2 Corinthians 1, chapter 1, verses 3 through 4 say this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in in any affliction, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Are you willing to share those things? Are you willing to tell others about those things? Do you talk to your coworkers like ever, right? Some of you are like, no, I try to stay away from them. (laughs) Do you talk to them? Do you share the hope that's within you? The world outside of here is hurting. We have maybe 200 in here, a little over 200 tonight in here. Here's the thing. How many thousands of people are sitting in the Modesto, in their homes, in the bars, in the alleys, in the streets, driving their cars that are hurting? They need comfort. That we would be somebody that God's comforted us and helped us. That we would be able to go reach out and comfort them. Maybe give them a little hope. Maybe even invite them here. Maybe even fill up the seat next to you. Why? Not because of numbers, but because we know there's people out there hurting and need help. The E is this, example of your actions. The examples of your actions. James chapter one, verse 22 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Are you just a hearer? I I used this illustration the other day and my kids didn't get it. I said, hey, I'm in a garage. doesn't make me a car. Right? They're like, huh? Dad, you're dumb. I know, I know. I'm sorry. Right? You can come in. You can listen. You can do all these things. You can worship. You can take notes. You can do all that stuff. But if you don't apply these things to your life, if you don't apply these steps, these godly principles to your life, what good does it do? Don't just be a hearer of it, but be a doer of it. And what's crazy, I've even met people that read the word of God, apply the word of God to their life, and they come in here and I go, dude, you're already doing recovery because you're doing the Bible and you're applying it to your life. That's awesome. Don't just be a hearer. Because when we're just hearers, we're deceivers. I mean, you may even come in and deceive everybody else and you may have the lingo down. Well, kudos to you. Awesome. The only thing you're doing is hurting yourself and fooling yourself. Making, prolonging your hurt and pain. There's a quote that says this, you can give without love, but you can't love without giving. So the question is, can, are you giving back? How are you giving back? We've got lots of teams. We've got a worship team. I would not be good giving back in this way. But you might be. We got a worship team. We got a tech team. Some of you were freaking out. The first song, we didn't have lyrics. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know how to sing. Like all of a sudden the words are in front of us. We don't know what to do. <laughs> don't worry, I freaked out too. So I ran up the stairs. I saw my buddy. I won't name names, but, and we just rebooted the computer. Got it up and running and boo. But I, we have guys that do that and they're great at it. Maybe you can help us with that, right? Maybe you can run a camera. Met a dude right there. I think it's his first or second time running camera for us right now. That is awesome. Sound guys. We need guys to get here early, set things up. You're like, dude, I don't want to be seen by anybody. I don't want to be in public. Awesome, get here early, set up. You can disappear. It'll be great. We got a bookstore. We got coffee. We got Welcome Center. We've got... Lots of places you can give. I don't want to list them off. Maybe you don't want to do any of that stuff and you can't get here early. Great. We have a new thing that we want to help out our facilities team because there's two guys that have to reset this whole thing up in a half an hour when we're done. They got to reset everything in half an hour. So guess what? We need to break down our circles, stack the chairs and get them ready for facilities to come in and do what they got to do with it. We need somebody to help oversee that. We need somebody to do it. Are you that person? Can you do it? good question let me close with this one last plug Luke chapter 8 verse 16 it says this no one lights a lamp and then covers it with a wash tub or shoves it under the bed no you set it on a lamp stand so those who enter the home can see their way we're not keeping secrets we're not uh, we're telling them We're not hiding things, we're bringing everything out into the open. So be careful that you don't become misers of what you hear. Generosity begets generosity, stinginess impoverishes. It's kind of small to read, but you can look it up later. Luke 8, 16, 19. Listen, something crazy has happened in your life. Tell. Christmas time, we sing that song, Go Tell It on a Mountain. Right? Go tell it. Go tell your neighbor because that's the stuff. They don't care about the Raider game like they do, but they just do that to pacify it. They don't care about the the Niner game. They don't care about football. They don't care about anything. what they care about is life-changing things. They'll put up with conversations about other stuff, but they really want to know how they can get healing from the hurting that they're dealing with. Let's stand and close with serenity prayer. God, if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever the next. Amen. Amen. See, we didn't panic. We survived. We all knew it. Yeah, there it is. Hey, first time guess. Right...